and welcome to this new episode of So Tell Me, a podcast where I talk to people about their education experiences, get opinions on higher education, and talk to people about what information they think the world should know more about. I'm your host, Kim Wardle. Let's get into the episode. Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast, another new guest. So let's get straight into it. So tell me, who are you and how do we know each other? Hi, my name is Chidera and we know each other from our degree. So we were on the, we didn't do the exact same course, but we had many of the same modules. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure that we met in second year. Um, there was a tutorial that we did and um, I'd already seen you around school. We lived pretty close to each other yeah. and we see you cycle past us every day on the way to school. And we'd never really, like, introduced each other. It was kind of just like, oh, I know her. And I think at that tutorial, it was, it was, it had to be done because we were right there and we'd seen each other every day. And so we had our first introduction and it was cool. (laughs) And you guys seemed really nice. (laughs) And after that, it was just great. Like, we'd see see each other every day. Mm -hmm. But we really started getting close around, like, the last two years maybe yeah because you and Chiki yeah like hung out a lot last year yeah which is really funny because you were on placement then right. and like we're really close now and we're like stuck far away from each other Honestly. and that's probably the closest we've been <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that happened with a lot of my friendships was because yeah. I couldn't see people I was like texting people a lot more a lot same and then when you've hung out a fair amount this year and then I helped you move thank you for that would have died on my own (laughs) you know it wasn't as bad as moving could be you know like it it wasn't the worst moving experience I had and we had that lovely little wagon that little cart that we (laughs) right (laughs) that I stole I mean borrowed (laughs) returned it so yeah for sure borrowed it (laughs) and then we just we just chit chat and hang out mostly yeah exactly taking it easy so you are also at the University of Surrey a a great place tell me about your masters because you're doing a masters at Surrey tell me like how you went from undergrad to masters what made you stay at Surrey all that kind of stuff so yeah I finished my undergrad last year and um, it was kind of that point in my life where I was like, because before I wanted to do medical school mm-hmm. and I had applied at some point And then at the time, I think it was like second year or something, because I was just trying to like weigh out my chances. Mm-hmm. I didn't get in then, but then I applied again in final year, expecting wholeheartedly, <laughs> not going to mm-hmm. lie, to not get in because I was like, well, this is, this is my life. This is who I am. <laughs> Except I did. Oh, oops. (laughs) And I hadn't prepared for that. So I'd already like started applying for masters and considering all other routes, what I was going to do with with my degree afterwards. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the things that kept on popping up in my mind was doing biomedical engineering as a master's degree because I'd already done biomedical science in undergrad. Right. And I was thinking, well, if I can't really go into medicine again, thinking I wasn't going to get in, then maybe I could design medical devices or medical implants or something like that. So I could still be mm-hmm. in that realm without actually being so patient focused or medic medicine focused. Mm-hmm. So what, what made you decide not to pursue medicine once you got in? I think it was just how final year went for me, to be honest. Right. Final year was such a, like... I don't know, it was a thing that happened, <laughs> you know, I was there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I just didn't think I was quite ready mm-hmm. for that level of pressure okay. for such an extended period of time again. And, you know, like the whole time I was going through my um, undergrad thinking like, yes, for sure, afterwards I'll get into medical school and then that would be my route. Mm-hmm. But after I did, it was, I didn't feel as confident I didn't feel confident accepting it or mm. actually going in and dedicating four or five years of my life 
to medicine, which was really strange because that's the only thing I'd ever wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird. And I kind of thought that, you know, I could do a master's for one year and see if that's for me rather Mm -hmm. than spending five years and then realizing that actually. (laughs) And I hope I like this education thing. And I need to. I'm out. Can you imagine? My parents would have killed me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. But yeah, it was. It was a strange time, and I feel like everyone around me at the time, especially my family, they could see like how hesitant I was afterwards. Mm. Yeah, and it was clear that, okay, maybe we should try something else, a little bit shorter, and kind of close to what you want to do. I was was kind of always at the back of my mind somewhere, then jump into medical school and then regret it. Right. So what were, your, what were the challenges that you faced doing your master's? compared to medical school do you think I, <laughs> I mean, you're still in it you're still you're still writing your dissertation so you haven't finished yet <laughs> no I haven't <laughs> we're still here <laughs> but I don't know it is very stressful I'm not even gonna sugarcoat it mm-hmm. I thought undergrad final year was a thing but this is just something else honestly it's strange because like at first you kind of feel not out of not out of place really because there's people coming from all different disciplines Mm -hmm. um, which I think makes it a little bit better you don't really feel like you're the only one who doesn't know Mm -hmm. there's people coming in from the industry who've worked in biomedical engineering for years there's people who've done this in their undergrad and so this is basic knowledge to them and then there's people like me you know mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell (laughs) and (laughs) that's all I know yeah so it was weird um seeing people who basically know everything and this is just like an introductory topic for me Mm -hmm. but they really do try and make everyone feel like up to speed Mm. and things like that um which was really helpful that's really good yeah and I understand that like past years or past students they don't really they don't tend to be helpful towards the people who don't really understand the physics maths part of the modules right yeah but this year I don't know maybe I was just really lucky but this year we were all like really supportive because there were the people who who only know physics and maths Mm -hmm. and know no biology in which place I could have helped them right and then you know the people like me who know basic physics and maths and then they could help me mm-hmm. and so you know just help each other win I was gonna say you had some knowledge to barter <laughs> yeah exactly it's like you want to know some biology yeah let me hook you up with that biology Don't <laughs> <worry>. <laughs> yeah but it was really fun and the the lectures are really good um they don't just leave you behind I guess which is really good because mm. what was the the exam format because it's not the same as undergrad you don't do one semester set of exams and then second semester set of exams it's different right not really it's I mean for our module for our course anyway okay um it kind of is the same you kind of have exams in the same period as the undergrads do mm-hmm. it's just not every module has an exam some modules are just pure coursework some are mixture between coursework and exams Mm -hmm. but yeah it is mostly the same at least for ours I know some other master's degrees like the people I used to live with they didn't have any exams at all oh wow yeah and it was just strictly coursework or like exercises Mm -hmm. like they'd have to do something in front of the class and Mm -hmm. then that would be their entire grade no thank you (laughs) like no (laughs) ma'am I'm gonna have a hard pass on that one right (laughs) (laughs) so how did you find then the transition from undergraduate to master's? It was weird because I never really saw myself as the kind of person who was really out there, like outspoken with my classmates. Mm-hmm. Like most mm-hmm. friends, I don't know, because the friends I made in undergrad were the friends that I lived with. Right. And those are the ones that I, like, I had pretty much the whole year up until like final year. So this year I really needed the friends on my course. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why we're so close knit, maybe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the transition was fine, you know. Um, Nothing like unexpected or... Yeah, I, to be fair, I did apply pretty late because 
um, I kind of I was really confused which routes I was going to go down. Right. And then when I accepted Surrey, it was kind of like, oh, and now we're starting. So it was it was yeah. almost right. It was quite late. Mm-hmm. And so like there was an orientation the week before, and like everyone had already met themselves, and they were like chit chatting on the first day of school. I was like, how? <laughs> How do you know each other? <laughs> totally passed you by. <laughs> right. <laughs> but no, I think the the transition was fine. There wasn't anything that was like massively shocking. The content was very different from what I'd done in my undergrad. And I think that was the major shock. Okay. Right. There was, again, much physics, much maths, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm fine with. But it was the application, maybe, mm-hmm. that was much different compared to the undergrad. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't really do a lot of, we don't do any physics and we don't really no. do a lot of maths. But. And if we do, it's like, how many cells are in this plate? Or like, uh, yeah, mo- like we, do you remember we did like moles calculations in first year and then no <laughs> Right. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it was fine because we'd just come out of like A-level. Right. So I was still fresh on like, ask me to do that now. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. <laughs> Oh, so what made you stay at Surrey? Because obviously you said that your final year had been really tough and that you, you know, because to me, that's the question I'm struggling with right now is where am I going to go after this? Right. So what made you pick Surrey again? Good question. Um, I don't know, I'd applied to a couple of places and I feel like I just kept on circling back to Surrey mm-hmm. and I couldn't really point out why. For me, like the first time I chose it, like the location is great. I'm not really a a city person so I like the in between between a city and a country-esque feel mm-hmm. that's the main reason and then obviously because of the ranking at, at the time and everything <laughs> <laughs> and I've got quite a lot of family close to Surrey so when I'm not actually at uni I've got you know family around the corner mm-hmm. or family in London and then I feel like, sorry, they actually like reached out to their international students. So I'm international. Mm-hmm. I should pull that out now. Yeah, I was gonna say, <laughs> we should maybe mention that. Right. And um, at least the first time they really did, you know, reach out to me before I even entered undergrad. They'd come down to Nigeria, where I'm from, and met me there because I couldn't have come all the way here for an open day or an applicant day. That's really good. Yeah, it was really helpful, actually. It really helped me like solidify my choice at the time. Mm. Although, you know, you best believe that Surrey send in people on left, right, centre holidays. Because <laughs> right. They send people to all the different countries. People are all doing the places. Like, you're just coming out in for a holiday, aren't you? Come on. <laughs> I remember like my um, supervisor for my dissertation then was like, oh, yeah, I'm busy at this time. I'm travelling to some exotic yeah. place. I was so excited for the tan he was going to get, not for meeting the students. <laughs> that holiday time, yes, please. Right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, they really did, like, reach out. And I think another thing, because here in the UK, at least, you, universities don't really, like, grant scholarships and stuff yeah. very freely, mm-hmm. like... I haven't other any at all, basically. But they offered me a scholarship. What? Shocker, I know. And then I remember, I remember telling my family that, and they're like, well, we've made our decision, <laughs> innit? Yeah, we've made our decision, haven't you? Great, thank you, family. Thank you for that. <laughs> so yeah, if anyone's considering, sorry, do do scholarships. But you have to dig deep for them. You have to... You have to dig them out and dig them out yeah. get them to give their money over and um no matter how little it is I, I can't really remember what amount I got I'll have to look but especially for an international student where we pay for everything ourselves we don't really get any government money or any funds like every little helps so yeah, yeah for sure so that really helped especially since the other universities I, look, I was looking at were mostly in London where it's like way more expensive and although Guildford is up there it is yeah cost of living and everything is really high in Guildford to be fair yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you said that they like came and visited you and all that kind of stuff did you know that that was going to happen when you applied to Surrey in the first place or I didn't no so how did you get around yeah how did you get around to 
to applying to Surrey for undergrad? I was looking at one places where I had family close by because that wasn't really I mean I guess it's important but like it wasn't really a priority to me it was mostly for my family I wanted to make sure that if anything did happen to me there was someone there that could take care of it the situation or you know that could run to yeah yeah especially since I'm all out here by myself they needed somebody close by and so that really like narrowed down quite a lot a lot of the universities and then there was the degree that I wanted to do, which, I mean, it's not very niche, is it? <laughs> but I, well, I guess it's, um, <laughs> you've got to find a good university that does, yeah, exactly. you know, things. So like, apart from the general ranking of the university, it was also like, where does that university rank in my mm. course? Mm-hmm. And also, like, the benefits that, like, will I be able to go on, like, trips on that course or labs on the course and what kind of labs and the modules that I'll be doing Mm -hmm. so I really wanted something very biology and chemistry focused because that's what I excel in and I felt like that was what's going to help like propel me into medical school at the time Mm -hmm. times have changed (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah sorry really ranked high on the on the list I'm pretty sure sorry was it was university of the year or the year we came yeah I'm pretty sure that was my first choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I found out about everything else. Like, I didn't even know. I knew it had a sports park or a, a gym. And I kind of thought that most unis would have a gym. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> really. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Where are they going to keep all their basketball players? <laughs> Where they literally just, like, shove them in that little side hut, you know? The little... <laughs> <laughs> where everyone's clear that the sports park is this huge building and then they put all these basketball players and all the, they have like a tiny little exclusive gym but it's like the size of a like a small house it's but it's like you're not gonna fit 30 grown men in there are you come on why are you stuffing all these people in there it's so weird of all the of all the places in the sports park, you could like because the sports park building itself is has its own rock climbing wall, like it's huge. Yes. They shove them all the in. It's tiny... massive. <laughs> shove them in this tiny little side building. It's so strange <laughs> to me. Oh my goodness! Oh. I remember the the people who come who had come down to Nigeria to come and talk to me. Mm-hmm. I remember that like being one of the top things that they were talking about and they're like oh did you know like how big the sports park was and I was like what no and then they showed me like lots of pictures nice like, wow that's, that's actually kind of massive Something you hear with the commodities yeah. <laughs> what made you not want to stay in Nigeria and do a degree in Nigeria university in Nigeria can take a lot longer than it's expected to so say a degree back there I think a degree of like mine would have probably taken about four years normally right but I don't know things are always quite fluctuating back home Mm -hmm. it's like you could finish it in four years like you planned or you could finish it in seven years whoa exactly (laughs) I could not I could never (laughs) absolutely not not. and it's not like there's any added bonus or anything so like oh you get an extra something at the end it's just it's just really uncertain Mm -hmm. and that level of uncertainty just doesn't sit well with many people and a lot of people go elsewhere for university yeah I think that was the the main reason also just the level of equipment and um facility Mm -hmm. is a lot better here so the the amount of labs or the quality of the labs that I would have done back there wouldn't have been as good yeah. basically that's what we've done here essentially and especially because Surrey had all the new labs put in that was like exactly a huge bonus that really put it over didn't it mm. yeah just the facility and the length of time it would have taken right was... right right yeah. what what made you want to come to the UK specifically as opposed to the US or somewhere else in Europe I actually did <laughs> apply first to the US um and that was where I thought I'd be going Mm-hmm. for the entirety of like my undergrad application process so the foundation that I had done back home in Nigeria was 
they kind of split you into a couple groups where they aim you at a certain country. So like you, you choose the route that you go to and I chosen the US route. Okay. Right. So they basically train you for the SATs mm-hmm. and um, how to excel in an American university. And that's the route that I was on mm-hmm. for the whole, the whole thing. And I'd applied to an American university. I'd gotten in. I'd sorted out my visa. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) And you were like, nah. And then, I don't know, at some point, because I hadn't even considered, I mean, I had considered the UK because obviously I had friends coming into the UK on the UK route. Mm -hmm. But I I don't know. I think it was my family who like pushed me to apply. They're like, there's no harm in trying. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't get in, that's fine. You already have a place in America. It's just like, give this a go and see mm-hmm. because the UK route is a bit faster so the US would have taken an extra year um that's yeah that's typically four years right yeah it's four years for our degree anyway in America and um I didn't really know anyone where I was going so I think where I ended up was like right in the center of the US no family close by whatsoever wow and the US is just really far away from from Nigeria. Like if my family needed to come down for any reason or if I needed to come home, mm-hmm. like it's a long trip. Um, Don't even get started on border control. Ugh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think that was like the rise of Trump. Oh, so <laughs> so there was a lot happening. And um, I kind of just applied to the UK to see what happens with the reasons that I had mentioned earlier, like how I slimmed them down. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, when I got into Surrey and it was time to pick between the two that I'd gotten into, um, Surrey won. So the UK it was. Congrats, Surrey. <laughs> and good thing too, or you wouldn't have met all of us. Right? <laughs> Who would I have been hanging out with? Who would you? Who? <laughs> but your, you had your, your sister went to the States, right? She did, yeah. That's because of the degree that she's doing. It is fundamentally better in the US to carry that to through that kind of degree. So she's doing software engineering. And it is still long. I think her degree is like five years. Mm. But um it is still better, I guess, to do it there than it is here. Statistically. Mad. So tell me about like the application process for the UK. Like how was it as an international student? It was it was weird because I don't know, I'm used to the application process back home where you kind of just apply to a university or um there's kind of like a general body where you you kind of put the universities that you want to go into and then you sit an exam and then they send your results to those universities. Kind of like it is here, mm-hmm. but it's a bit different in the sense that the exams a lot it's very different. It's quite hard. And I don't know. Like the process is just way different. And again, in America, the process is a bit different. Yeah. So applying here it was really, I, I needed, I'm not going to lie, I needed quite a bit of help. Mm. And I got like from a professional body back home that helps like international students apply to the UK. Oh, that's useful. Yeah. I got a bit of help from them and they helped with the applications and helped review my personal statements and stuff like that. Again, back home, you don't really need a personal statement. You just need an exam. And as long as you pass the threshold for each university, mm. then you get into each of those universities. Right. Do you like subject exams or is it just one exam? It's one exam with different subjects. Wow. Yeah. How long is this exam? Oh, so long, <laughs> so long. And like, you're you're only allowed like the basic form of a calculator like it's not even a calculator so basically you need to do everything in your head no thank you and well there's two real exams there's the one exam that you take like at the end of secondary school like when you're coming out and then there's another exam that you need to sit Mm -hmm. to get into universities so it's just a lot of examination and then I also had to Sit the SATs and then IGCSEs for the UK. Did you have to go back and sit those exams once you changed your mind about applying to the UK, or did you were you already doing those exams? Um, no, I'd already done them at the end of 
high school. Okay. So at the end of high school, they kind of advise, not advise, like if you were thinking about the UK, like even a little bit, they advise you to sit the IGCSEs, mm-hmm. um, which I did at the time. Didn't really think much of it because I, was, I knew like the next year I was going to sit the SATs anyway. Right. Um, and then the IGCSEs, I think they're valid for two years. So it was still within the margin of me Ooh, sitting nice. So I could still use the same results. We love that. Right. <laughs> and how did your high school, you said that there were like streams to prepare you for, you know, what where you wanted to go to do your university education. How did your high school like prepare you? Right. So it wasn't the high school, really. Um, it was the foundation year I did afterwards. Right. Okay. Where did you do your foundation year? Um, in Nigeria back then, yeah. Okay, okay. So I finished high school, and that's when I did the ITCSEs and all those other exams. Right. And then I did the foundation year, which is when I was streamlined into the American route, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, and that's when I did the SATs. Um, going in, you kind of already have an idea that you're going to be in one of the two groups, mm-hmm. or like there's people who like do one of the two, and then they end up staying back home. Mm-hmm. either way and it's fine um you kind of just do it to prepare yourself in case you are going to be going somewhere else right but yeah I went in and I feel like at first I was on the UK route and then I switched like really early on like in the first or second week mm-hmm. to the American route and then like the whole time you're there they're basically um preparing you for the SATs and for uni in America and um, everyone else is kind of doing a standard A-level route, basically. Right. So they send the A-level exams that we would hear, or they do an accelerated A-levels, where basically they merge ASNA2. Don't like that. Yeah, exactly. Don't like that. <laughs> one year, it's so, everyone that did it either switched or was like crying every day. <laughs> You're not about that. Don't, don't no. do that. That's too much struggle too much like so this was like a separate school or just like a like a separate organization like so it wasn't no, it's a separate school yeah and it's literally just a school to prepare you to go to university yeah. what that to me that's that's a whole concept oh. <laughs> well because in, in my high school like they pushed so hard from the start for you to go to university that you're already getting, you know, your personal statements written. You're already, obviously, we take standard A levels, so to go to the university in in the UK is pretty straightforward, obviously. Um, but yeah, to go to a different school just to prepare you to take. Yeah, I don't know. Back home, it's it's quite standard because a lot of people go out anyway right. to do university, but it is expected. I should say, okay. that you are going to go to university. Because most people, especially back home, if you want to get employed back home, it doesn't really matter what it is you're trying to do. The chances of you getting hired are exponentially higher if you have some degree. Right. It doesn't matter. Like, if you want to go into hairdressing and you've got, like, a biomedical science degree, you're, you've got a leg up for some reason. I think it's similar here. I think it's something to do with the fact that you, like, committed to that like time of education but it doesn't make any sense to me it doesn't no but like that's kind of how we've all like grown up back home so it's not really a thing where you you consider or you debate going to university it's yeah. like oh you finish high school and now I have to start thinking about uni <laughs> right do you think that shaped how you wanted to pursue your future because obviously I'm the only person that I went to uni in my family my siblings didn't even consider it really so like yeah how how did how did it like would you have taken a different route that wasn't university or could you not tell because it's just ingrained yes and no mm-hmm. like I always knew that I wanted to do something in science so oh, okay. I definitely knew that I would have to go to university anyway right but it's something that's so ingrained like even my siblings who are like way younger than me they're like my sister she's what 13 Mm-hmm. And she's already looking at, like, Canadian universities that she wants to go to, you know? Yeah. She doesn't know what she wants to study, but she knows she's going to university. It's just something that everyone just knows right. that you do. But I will say, like, 
because I'd been thinking about medical school for so long I don't even know how long I've been thinking about it I didn't really think about the procedure or like my time in medical school or the application process or things like that it was kind of just like I'm gonna go to uni and do medicine yeah like I'm gonna become a doctor and that's that yeah exactly so I guess like if we had some kind of I don't know if it was a bit more discussed maybe Mm -hmm. or like there were people who like definitely didn't go to uni and were still successful then maybe there'd be a bit of a discussion right like other role models besides yeah exactly Mm. but it's just something that's that everyone does you know interesting i guess that's why schools like that are so popular there's quite a few of them that just which way do you want to go to yeah which uni do you want to go like we're gonna yeah put you in a uni but you know you just pick a uni and i'm like yeah but Like, my sister did hairdressing, and she didn't need to go to uni to do that, and now she's a qualified hairdresser, and she's not even doing hairdressing anymore. Like, <laughs> exactly. The family is still like, yeah, you're doing it. You're doing life. Good job. Like, that, you know, she's that's no how it should be. Yeah. Yeah, like, if you don't need, because university is expensive, man. Like, oh. if you don't need to go to uni, you shouldn't have to. Especially as an international student. Excuse oh, my goodness. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> And I don't know, especially because um, a lot of the friends that I made during that foundation year who eventually did go to America, they've also had to switch their degree because they found out they didn't like what they did. It was just something right. that they were brought up thinking, oh, I'm going to do engineering. And then they hopped into engineering and now they're doing arts or something, you know? Wow. But they're still at university, which is the crazy thing. Yeah. To me, like, if they don't you know, like something, drop, like just stop doing it. Oh, my goodness. The, cost, the, the thought the th- of dropping <laughs> You like rise up from your bed in the middle of the night in some kind of cold sweat dropping out never it's not even an option right interesting yeah like people here because there's quite a few people who drop out in the first year mm. that you, you notice don't come to uni anymore in second year yeah totally and that's not a thing back home like once you're in it wow. you are in it it's not yeah i can't even do you think discuss, like, not so do you think that you would get like I don't want to say like backlash but if you dropped out and you went back home after first year like what kind of would there be repercussions like what would would it just be like a gossip thing it would probably just be everything okay <laughs> like once you start uni like everyone knows your family knows your family's family knows right everyone's like village basically knows right and so they're kind of like anticipating for you to come back with a degree mm-hmm. and so I guess there's like some element of I don't want to say embarrassment because there are people who do drop out and yeah. they're fine because I know I, I know multiple people that dropped out and they're yeah, living yeah. successful lives <laughs> sure and it is possible it is it's just I don't know it's just a thing back mm-hmm. home it's like you, you just can't especially with how much money you've invested mm-hmm. and I don't know it's just not a thing like <laughs> that can happen like, like ruin your reputation or ruin your yeah opinion. and I think yeah like even just for your family as well a lot of people just do stuff for I mean I'm not saying myself because I did want to go into uni right if you know you love science you love science you can't get away yeah, from going sure. to uni <laughs> <laughs> but there's like just the thought of having to go back to, especially for a lot of people where their parents pay for, them, pay for their education. Right. The thought of going back to those same people and be like, you basically wasted your money on right. me. Like, it's like for yourself and for them and just the whole situation. But I don't know, that's just, it's just a thing back home, I guess. Mm. Well, I feel like yeah. there is some of that here. I guess. Is there? I guess because. I guess in general, when you're like, yes, I'm going to go to university and be successful, everyone's like, yes, yes, okay, go do that. And then if you drop out, people are going to look at you and be like, oh, well, why did you drop out? Like, not enjoying it isn't an option or not, you know. And also, if people haven't gone to university, they don't seem to understand how stressful it is. A lot of the people I've met here who didn't go to uni, that are like doing what normal jobs, mm-hmm. they they understand that it's supposed to be stressful but they don't really know how or why because right. they never had to go through it mm-hmm. and they kind of think that they're 
I mean, not that they're not, but they think that they're better off because they're already in the working field. They're right. making their money. They're saving up for their house. Meanwhile, we're still like in debt. <laughs> Honestly, I'm going to be in debt forever. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It depends on how you see it mm. or what is best for you, I guess. I guess it would be kind of a relief then to to have to like to enjoy science and be like, well, I just simply have to get a degree. Like there's no, you know, it's it's different if you wanted to do like arts or uh, like fashion or, or something a bit more creative because you can go to university for that, but it's not always necessary. So I guess it's good that you got science because you're like, well, looks like I got a degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's quite a few people, especially, I don't know, people that met here anyway. Like they've got a law degree and they're doing fashion or they've got a law degree and they're doing retail. It's that's I feel like I don't want to say it's a waste, but it's such it's so interesting to me that you would commit to something so wholeheartedly and then be like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love that energy. Like that's that's like a truly like, maybe not. That's like a inner security kind of energy, you know. Right. Like don't question me. I'm gonna do what I'm gonna do. Literally. So, you came to Surrey. You looked at its beautiful campus, and you were like, "Wow, really lucked out here." Yeah. <laughs> and then you did two years, and then you didn't do a placement. No, I didn't. Is that because you're an international student or did you just not care to do a placement? Honestly, I didn't feel like at the time I needed it, Okay. to be honest. Um, especially since I was so committed to medicine. I was kind of like, I don't really need a placement year. I'd kind of done internships in shadows, like in laboratories or in like hospital environments. So I kind of had a feel for both it things like both fields and both environments Mm -hmm. and I went into like the undergrad on a three-year course thinking at some point I might change my mind and change to a four-year course with the placement in between yeah but then even at the time when everyone else was applying for placements and I was seeing just how stressed everyone was (laughs) and just how crazy everything was looking I was like I don't really need this additional level of stress to be honest no definitely not um I mean, I can't really say that I regret it because I don't really know what I, I would have achieved mm-hmm. on a placement considering I didn't do it. But I feel like I'm fine. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you know, you didn't combust and lose yeah. <laughs> just from not doing a placement. I know there were quite a few people who just wanted to be done with their degree and that's kind of why they didn't do a placement. Mm-hmm. That wasn't really my thing. Okay. I just, I, I just felt like I didn't need one. And I've, if I didn't need it, there's no point paying an extra year. No. Just to do it. Yeah. I didn't feel like it was necessary yeah. at the time. Because heads up, even if you go outside of the University of Surrey, like I did, you still have to pay tuition to the University of Surrey. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely <laughs> yeah, I had a friend who went to Italy for hers and she still needed to pay. Yeah. Yeah, you pay about <laughs> £800 still. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. it is less. It's, it's a lot less, um, but still. But still, you have to pay, and the process is just so stressful. Like, I've seen all my friends doing it, and I was like, I, I don't know, I considered it because all of my friends were doing it. Mm-hmm. Like, all of my friends then were doing it, and then I knew that they were all going to be gone the next year and it would just be me, but that wasn't reason enough for me to do it, no. unfortunately. No, and it it shouldn't be. That's the thing. Like, you don't apply to university because you want to be with your friends. They teach you that in high school. So why would you apply for placement? It's yeah. And you just you made a bunch of other friends anyway. Yeah, I had friends just from my degree before, Mm -hmm. or there were lots of things that I hadn't experienced before with the friends that I made then that I did after they were on placement. And yeah, I made lots of new friends, which are great. Is this so fine? Is this adult life? <laughs> right? <laughs> New people? <laughs> yeah, making friends throughout my entire life? Yeah. <laughs> this is crazy. I never stop growing. Absolutely mad. Yeah. And then you made it to final year and you were like, woohoo, doing a thing. Literally. <laughs> um, and I wanted to ask you a little bit about the um the accommodation you got put up in in final year. <laughs> 
So let's get a bit of context on this. The University of Surrey has a block of accommodation that is subsiding. Yes, that's right, everybody. The university accommodation is sliding down the hill towards the rest of campus. And they were like, you know what? We're not going to knock it down this, this semester. We're going to put people in it. Put more people in. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so apparently it was supposed to have been knocked down eons ago. And they just never did. And many eons. Right? And so we got put into it. And shocker, it was disastrous. What was the state of the buildings? Did you feel unsafe or? Uh, Yes, no, no. But also yes. It was really small. Right. (laughs) Like the whole building was really small. The walls are super thin. Mm -hmm. And they cramped so many people in that accommodation. So, like, I think a normal accommodation is, like, max 10 people, maybe. This had 14 people in one flat. And they all had to share, what, three bathrooms mm-hmm. and and three showers. The, they were mostly split. And um, I guess most people, I guess, had a normal, pleasant experience. I just wanted to be out of there so bad. Right. And then, I don't know, the building just seems really old. It creaks all the time. It has, like, a smell. And, like, there's constantly construction work going on there. So, like, you start walking up the hill to go home and then find out that it's been blocked off because they're always doing some kind of construction. I don't know. They were always maintaining the building throughout the year, (laughs) every day. Sometimes you just got to let it go. Right? I'm just like, it will cost you way less to knock this boy down I don't know why we're maintaining it every day and then I don't know for the most part my flatmates were all right but then you know you have those people you always have those people <laughs> yeah, right who are just so like you just wonder how are human beings like this mm. so we had this one individual who I mean I don't know how graphic I'm supposed to get here. <laughs> we love the gory details, please. Please get into it. <laughs> Who would... So they were on my half of the building. So there were two halves of seven in the flat. And then they would walk from my half of the building across the hall to the other half of the building just to mess up the toilet for no reason. And you knew it was them as well. Like, you knew. <laughs> Why? I mean... At least they weren't doing it in your toilet. No, I mean, they did sometimes, I'm not going to lie. But what they did with this other toilet, girl, like, <laughs> like the cleaners could do nothing about it. Like, I felt so sorry for the cleaners or for the housekeeping because it was, when I say everywhere, picture it, literally everywhere. I'm talking the ceiling, I'm talking the walls, what? I'm talking the shower, everything had everything on it it was disgusting what and i know i know honestly i can't i can't wrap my head around it and then there was also this i mean it was probably like it was between one of two individuals but we definitely knew it was one of those two and then there would be the same people who like steal from the kitchen or my goodness and when i say they just they take everything like university experience, you know, like food theft, and then they just amplify it. <laughs> yeah, like all the things that the student mentors are like, if you have a problem with this, we can help you. Food right. theft, uh, <laughs> like loitering, littering, you name it. <laughs> I'm so, like, rather than like borrowing a pot and then like leaving it soiled on the side, mm. they would just take the pot for many weeks and yep. then you just never see your pot. <laughs> I'm laughing about it now. It was traumatizing at the time. I completely understand. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, there was this one girl. Oh, bless her. She was one of my favorites in the flat. Mm. But she was constantly targeted by this person. Oh, God. And, like, they would steal, like, her oil. And, like, her oil, like, her full bottle of oil would just be gone mm-hmm. and never see it again. Or, like, her seasoning. And she was, like, it was, like, a very obscure kind of seasoning. So you knew. Right. I don't know, like the whole situation was really strange. And then like this girl, she got a lock for her 
cupboard because obviously she was being robbed every day. Right. And it was like a passcode lock, so like nobody could just like hack it or anything. She comes home one day and somebody, this person or one of these two people, had super glued the rotating (gasps) numbers. Stop. (laughs) It's not funny, I shouldn't laugh. That's outrageous. (laughs) I know. Who does that? That's like malicious. That's like a crime. Actual crime. <laughs> yeah, so they had super glued her thing shut and she had to call security so that they could get um a lock cutter thing. Yeah, like a bolt cutter. So like cut her locks open. I'm like, who does this? Who behaves like this? In final year, no less. In final year, exactly. And that was the thing. That was like the attractive part about this whole situation. It was like, oh, everyone in this accommodation is going to be final years. Right. So you're not going to like worry about freshers who want to like party every day, which is fine for a fresher. But like when I'm writing a dissertation, that's not the energy I need. That's not the energy that we <laughs> in our accommodation. No. Exactly. And then these people, they'll like make full on roast dinners in the middle of the night like (laughs) (laughs) oh my goodness and I had like the room closest to the kitchen so like I'm here oh and this person they live with their partner oh which a big big no-no according to the University of Surrey exactly so their partner lived with them and they'd just be there like chatting in the oh my goodness sorry I'm coming (laughs) remember something else and then they'll be like chatting in the kitchen, making a full on roast dinner, clanging their dishes and their nice. trays and stuff they while they're trying to roast a duck. What? I'm not kidding. It's <laughs> <laughs> <At> 2 a.m. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't understand. Like everything about this story, just like none of it makes sense. And this is what I had to deal with <laughs> for a year. You can only look back and laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and like you would hear them. Again, I don't know how graphic I'm meant to get, but like you could hear them having sex mm-hmm. in the showers. What? Yes. Okay. University showers, like you can't even fully extend your. There's no space in there. No, there is no space in there. <laughs> I'll tell you, we're free. Like this accommodation was tiny as hell. There was no space for one person. Mm. How? <laughs> how are you both in there? They're just and you knew they were doing it as well. Like just, you could, there's seven people sharing this one shower. We can all hear you. They're just wedged in. <laughs> and this girl with the lock um, that they destroyed, she had the room adjacent to the shower, so she was really suffering. Like she could hear all the noises, and you always knew because she like come out of her room and like sit in the kitchen while she like waited for them because it was like what am I supposed to do just listen in on them do you know what honestly I I don't understand people that have sex in university accommodation the walls are very thin so thin like I can hear people sneezing blinking across the wall and you're do you know what (laughs) (laughs) maybe it's just me maybe it's just me but (laughs) I don't like. I don't really want to have either me having sex and people hearing it, or other, other people, people having sex, <laughs> right? Like it just no. Like the whole situation is uncomfortable for everyone, and they weren't in their room either. Right, that's it's a public place. <laughs> that's the exactly. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, well, you got out of there. You you survived that. I did. And now you're <laughs> you in. A completely different accommodation with en suites. So <laughs> exactly. And I think that's why, like coming in this year, I was like, there's no way. Like I am getting an en suite and I don't care who what anyone has to say about it. Mm-hmm. If I am far away from the uni, I'll be I'll survive. Don't <laughs> like, not get a shower again. The money that you save is not worth Yeah. Hundred percent. <laughs> I was so traumatized last year. It's not happening again. You stayed, you, so you stayed every summer, or almost every summer, right? Since you've been at uni? At Surrey. Is that right? Um, I'm just trying to think. Um, no. I think last summer was the only summer that I'd spent on camp, on, at uni. So I'd usually go home. I usually don't go home any other holiday. So I'm here for Christmas mm-hmm. and Easter. 
for like those holidays and then I'd go home for summer mm-hmm. but then last year I didn't and I think that was the only one that I didn't go home for and so for that I went home this Christmas holiday instead right because I I needed to <laughs> it was about time to step back for a sec <laughs> yeah because you were starting your master's so like I was in the middle of applying to like lots of places mm-hmm. and my visa was going to expire and I hadn't gotten into anywhere yet. And if I'd gotten home, I may not have been able to come back. Right. Unless I'd gotten another university to sponsor my visa. So I couldn't go home until I got into Surrey or until I accepted Surrey. Mm-hmm. And at which point it was basically time to start. Right. Mad. Because, yeah, we we both summer stayers this summer as well. Right? <laughs> so, but it's weird mm. now because, like, I'm on campus still, mm. which I hadn't done. Like, usually when I'm here for the holiday, I'd usually go home to, like, some extended family in London. Okay. But they're quite aged, I guess. Like, they're a bit older. So the current climate mm-hmm. means that's a no-no. We're not about to, you know, murder our, <laughs> our own family <laughs> <laughs> honestly yeah so have you been worried about your like any of your family because of this current covid situation uh yeah not gonna lie um my family back home a little bit but not really because they're not particularly like quote old okay so like mm-hmm. they're still working they're still trapped like traveling to go to work you know driving to work mm. um, mingling with other people but they are staying safe my mom honestly oh, <laughs> she's no. like the biggest high for contract you'll ever see we love it we, we stand together we, we love that right she's like full-on mask with the face shield <laughs> wash your goddamn hands okay literally <laughs> that's my mom um my dad was mostly at home for the majority of the pandemic, but he's just recently resumed at work. So I hadn't really been too worried about him until just now. Mm. But we'll see how that goes. I mean, they're being safe, so it's fine. My family here, though, they're that's the one I'm a bit more concerned about because they're like in the on the front lines, basically. Right. So I have a lot of like uncles who are doctors and they still need to go into oh, work key workers yeah yeah or like the aunt that i'd stay with here in london is particularly older mm-hmm. so um she has like a carer coming in and then like they're also going into other places and then coming to meet her and i'm just a bit worried about the whole situation i mean not worried just concerned yeah i mean the uk as we've seen has not I don't know. We haven't handled it to the best of our ability. No, not at all. So. Borders are still open. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it was like the you can you have to quarantine for two weeks and then like a month later you know like literally for two, like okay. Like where is the Why? enforcement? Honestly. Why are the people still coming in? Who knows? Who who actually knows? But mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about because I saw that the there was that absolute idiot who was like we're gonna test the vaccine in africa and i'm like yeah africa is a very large continent oh my goodness first of all for the people who think africa is a country oh my goodness get help immediately get help educate yourself and then there are people who just think that africans are some kind of like lab rat it makes no sense like oh well because like first of all not everywhere is like disadvantaged right first of all and like you can't just go around like shooting people with your needles because because what your people are too i don't know and from what at that point from what i'd heard was that in general the continent itself hadn't actually been that severely affected by no COVID. i think like, it had like three cases right. in egypt and that was it so for them to be like, yeah, they don't, they're, they're not doing well, so we have to test it on them. Uh, no, why don't you test it in America or in the UK? How does that sound? Like, oh, we're, we're worried because you don't know how the people in Africa are dealing with the pandemic. It's like the people in Africa, first of all, have already shut their borders. So <laughs> <They're doing better than laughs> worry about yourself. Yeah, worry about yourself. Exactly. 
So, so I was going to ask, like, what? How did Nigeria fare? Are they still doing okay? Did they have an upsurge in case? Like, what? Ha- like, I don't really know a lot about how Nigeria did. At first, it was pretty flat. Like, it was mm-hmm. like no cases, and then I think they had, I don't know, maybe thirty something people coming in from <laughs> surprise the UK. Oh yeah. To and they kind of like infected a bunch of people, and the, at that point they closed their borders mm-hmm. and so I had a couple of friends go home who are still trapped there <laughs> no yeah they left in like February and they still can't come back wow. because that's when they closed the borders in like March mm-hmm. which is the smart thing to do right <laughs> <laughs> so um they closed their borders then mm-hmm. and then I know that they're trying to quote safely bring back some of the UK citizens back to the UK so the people yeah. who were stuck there after they infected lots of people or who had traveled here before the pandemic and couldn't get back right so there's a couple of flights leaving the country but I don't but no one's allowed in the country which is I guess the safest thing but um a lot of people aren't taking those flights back here anyway because they don't know how they're social distancing the people and the fact that you don't even need to be quarantined anymore once you come back which is dumb yeah makes absolutely no sense no sense but yeah so there's still i mean there's not a lot of cases but it did spread pretty bad towards the north of nigeria okay which is really weird because it's not very popular i mean it's populated but it's not very dense Mm -hmm. populated so like down south where it's a bit more densely populated i think that was like the second highest spike in nigeria and that's where we live which is why everyone's being really careful, cautious. Yeah. yeah. But also, I don't know, people there, they also, they either are really cautious or they just don't care. That's so, like the UK though too. I think yeah. that's the common everywhere. Literally. But the thing is like people, you need to work because if you don't work, you don't, you can't feed your family, you can't feed yourself. So there's people like the capitalists still going to work in the... In their shops or in the marketplace or like in the, and it's quite a city area so it's very very densely populated like there's traffic every day mm-hmm. and i don't know the offices that aren't really socially distanced but i guess it's about taking care of yourself i guess yeah getting that balance you'll be yeah. you'll be interested to hear maybe you should have gone home because apparently nigeria has 182 confirmed cases per million people and the UK currently has 4,543 <laughs> per million people. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I remember the day that the borders, the day before the borders are meant to be closed. And my dad like called me frantically. They're like, oh, if the cases in the UK are really bad, you should come home because tomorrow the borders are going to be closed. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, dad, it's going to be fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> no. Not fine. But right. here we are. <laughs> We've been socially distancing. I mean, like, you've obviously been yeah. everything, staying on campus and just not really sure. seeing anybody. <laughs> not that that would have been different from any other time because final year, man. Literally just stuck in my room. <laughs> Speaking of which, you're done now. I am. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad to be done. Right? Can't, Can't wait. <laughs> And uh, you're doing your dissertation. How's that faring? Oh, yeah. Second dissertation. So dissertation one, how did that go compared to this one? Very different. Mm. Very different. I mean, they're both lab-based, so which is what I wanted to go for anyway. Like, both of my top choices were lab-based dissertations. Mm-hmm. The thing is that in the undergrad dissertation, we basically had no time to carry out the experiments. Because, like, it was me juggling between, I had an actual lab module in the semester of my last year, and then I also had my lab-based dissertation. Both of the experiments were carried out on the same day, so I'd run to my class, like my lab class in the mornings, and then have to do everything super quick, and then rush over to the other lab to do my dissertation one, Mm -hmm. where everyone had basically already started there was quite a few of us most people it's like just them or them and one other person there's quite a few of us on mine 
So like some other people would have already started working on the specimen or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then our supervisor would be like watching them. And then it was me and like this other girl. And we'd have to like catch up. And I feel like that really, I don't want to say put me at a disadvantage because, because you know, you have the, your supervisor like gives you a score at the end of the whole thing. Yeah. I feel like that situation kind of put me down because like there was everyone else basically doing the labs really early on and gaining their independence mm-hmm. so that they could work a bit more freely on their own. And then there was like me and this other girl who like had to like always catch up. But it's the issue is it's not your fault. It's as a result of the timetabling and, and stuff like that. I was, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. But I think about that all the time. Like oh, if I hadn't done that lab module... <laughs> would have gotten a better score from my supervisor but there's nothing I could have done because I wanted to do a lab because what's the that's one thing that really I don't know put me off final year as well was I did one lab class out of eight yeah this entire which is like you come to this degree thinking I'm gonna have lots of labs no right (laughs) like I'm a microbiologist I should surely be in the lab microbiology (laughs) (laughs) you don't say lab time whoa and especially I did a um, computer-based dissertation because I wanted to I wanted to up my bioinformatics skills right uh, which was amazing and it really helped but then it also meant yeah I didn't do any lab time in second semester maybe I couldn't have said that I could have planned that better because I probably couldn't Mm. but yeah there was that just wish it could but then yeah that's kind of annoying at the time but we move (laughs) I mean, graduated, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I still did all right. It was just that supervisor score that affected me. Right. This one, you get way more time. Like, you start working on it basically from January, and it's not due until, what, August? Mm-hmm. And so, like, a lot of the part-timers, they get to start theirs really early on because they have half the coursework and half the exams to do, so they have a lot more time. Right. And they can start their dissertations pretty early. Mine was a bit affected by the pandemic, unfortunately, because the labs are closed at the moment. Mm -hmm. So we had to change the project a bit so that I can do it entirely from home. And rather than carrying out the experiments myself and analyzing my data, I'm just analyzing the data that past experiments have come up with or past researchers have come up with. Which is a bit annoying because I really wanted to use the, the equipment, the facilities. It's yeah. quite a, a new area of science and I was really excited about working on it. Ooh. But it's fine. I mean, you're making it work and that's what's important. You can show your your resilience and your versatility. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A lot. My supervisor, I mean, he's great. He's fantastic. He's just a bit too optimistic for me. <laughs> and... <laughs> Which is never a thing that students need to complain about, but right. here I am complaining about it. <laughs> if complain about, we will as students. Exactly. He's just so, he's a bit chill. He's like, nah, we'll get into the labs. Don't worry about it. Oh, God. I'm like, you're we have no. <laughs> I'm tired of waiting. I'm a bit stressed. Let's change the topic. Right, right. Yeah, which is what we've had to do. Bless. We love we love an optimistic supervisor, but sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's not. It would be a bit worrying if he was as stressed as me, to be honest. That's that would be a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, if he was like, oh no, oh no, what are gonna do? Yeah, I should be asking you. <laughs> but no, you are asking him, and he's like, everything's gonna be fine. Yeah, literally. <laughs> oh no. Oh, but it's fine. We've changed it, so have a bit of direction now mm-hmm. as I once was fair enough <laughs> so tell me what your future plans are after this master's graduation situ- well not that you're going to get a ceremony but oh no <laughs> it's all right we're all um, actually this week would have been graduation week when I know would have been. I would have grad I graduated like yesterday last year mad how mad is that mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> not that I'm bitter or anything. Nah, nah. You don't have any. 
but yeah, um, I think, I mean, I know for a fact that I'm not going to go into medicine again, okay. at least not right now. Mm-hmm. I did consider at some point doing a postgraduate degree, more like a, a PhD mm-hmm. type situation. Mm-hmm. And I figure that at the moment right now, that's probably not the best course of action for me, just because I wouldn't know what to specialize in or what to focus on. Right. So I think I'm probably just going to work for a bit, get some experience, Mm -hmm. which is what many employers require, which is about two years. I'll probably work for a bit and then maybe consider a postgraduate degree, but I'm not really sure because I don't know. I can't imagine what I would want to dedicate, what, four years of my life? Yeah, four years. Towards, Yeah. Maybe at some point I will, like when I've done a bit of research and I've worked for a bit and I know that, oh, I really want to contribute to this area of science. Maybe at some point I would, but right now I kind of just want to get into the work field, get a bit of experience, work on some kind of cell technology, which I think is what I've honed in on. (laughs) We're zooming in on that one. Yeah. (laughs) I definitely want to work with cells or tissue. I don't know, some kind of, really, I want to work with like new technology though. Mm-hmm. Like whether I have to build that myself, maybe with Ooh. the experience gained from this degree or if it's just like a, you know, like a cell research lab or a, mm-hmm. I don't know, a research assistant role. I don't know, any kind of role that I can work with cells or cell technology. That would be fun. Yeah, the cutting edge of biomedical engineering. Right? <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah, I think it will be fun, like, once I actually start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the application process is a bit meh. Yeah. But... <laughs> you, you want to do that in the UK too as well, right? Yeah, at least for now. I don't know, there's nothing to rush home for as well. <laughs> in the night. <laughs> With my dad. Like, Nigeria will always be there. I need to come home. Right. <laughs> we'll always be there. Right. We'll see what I can achieve here for a bit. And then I'll either stay or go back home. I was going to say, everything's a bit up in the air for everyone at the moment. Yeah. I, I know for a fact that I don't want to do a PhD right now. Okay. And I know that I don't want to go into medicine right now. Mm-hmm. So whatever I do end up working in, it's either for the experience for the experience or yeah just i don't know yeah just for the experience or for the money <laughs> uh, that dough <laughs> we need that money <laughs> we can't afford accommodation in guildford for real <laughs> oh dear oh my goodness well i'm really glad that you agreed to talk to me oh no 100 percent. thanks for having me of course it's fun thank you but yeah good luck I mean, I'm sure I'll see you, but good luck. Yeah. (laughs) All right, that's it for this week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much to Chidera for speaking with me and giving me the glorious and gory details of the University of Surrey. If you have a question or a comment, feel free to get in contact at Please Hold for Insta or on my website, you can leave a comment pleaseholdfor.squarespace.com or feel free to send an email pleaseholdfor email at gmail.com that's it for this week bye folks 